to Puppet Hunt Radio with Matt and Lane, the only podcast dedicated to the 1940s detective noir radio show of the same name, Puppet Hunt. Join Rock Handy and Nick Salmon for an evergreen trip down memory lane as they crack cases and solve mysteries for the ventriloquists of Large Neck, USA. So, uh, we have a new episode, season three officially, even though it's not denoted as such on the website just episode 20 that's true we don't have anything about we make a big deal about the audio piece of like what season this is right there's no delineation on the website about what season we're actually filing these under yeah so to speak i'm concerned about people following the narrative of our show there's kind of this thread of us going on our little adventures that that's the real draw for most listeners i think they like our story yeah huh the story of the all the things we're into the um what are we into well you're into storage well that's more of a necessity i do not have anything in storage but it's a necessity for you yeah i would recommend it i mean you don't want all your eggs in one basket so even if you had at your home, you had enough room to store everything that you owned, right. you would still have storage units. Yeah, imagine there's a any common disaster, a fire, a flood, avalanche. What else would destroy your home? You know, all of your possessions are destroyed in one fell swoop. I see. They're all gone. But what I have is I have a stash here, I have a stash there. So if somebody steals my bike, well, they didn't steal the tire because it's in a different place. Oh. I, I, yeah. You think that's a mailman or something? It is, it's probably an odor. He, I, uh. I've concluded that most of the time he's barking at odors because I'll look out the window and there's nobody there. Yeah. And I have done some experiments where I've tested it as uh-huh. well. I've put certain odors out in front of the house or I've had my kids huh. walk by with certain odors and he what? will... Can it's I most, stop you for a moment? What, yeah. what sort of odors did you give your children? This, It's usually another dog's urine in a vial. How did you collect it? I really don't want to get into this. Okay, this sounds more like something I would do. Bring it back. I to want the show. to um, remind everybody we've got a beginning of a new three part episode airing today. They're on two record albums. So what I couldn't quite figure out is there's four sides. The fourth side is a surprise, so we'll we'll all unveil that at some point. You know what it is. I sort of listened to it. I put the needle on and I said, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. And then I took it off. So I, I don't want to spoil it. But the first three, that's side one and side two of record mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and then side three, well, no, side one of record two. Does that make sense? I did lose you. Um... <clears throat> I had a dream, okay. a very vivid dream about Puppet Hunt, Ooh. and it started in deep space, mm. and there was, a, if I can paint a picture for you, okay. it was a stunning star field with okay. a stellar nursery. That's a lot of S's in a row. Well, I maybe I dream like that. Ah, huh, alliterative dream. Yeah. And I, I'm in my point of view of looking at this beautiful nebula, and... And where are you at this point? I'm in space. Just I'm able to breathe in space. Okay. Yeah. That's Have you had that dream? No. no oh, okay. It's impossible. I used to dream. It's impossible to, to dream. To breathe in space. In space. Yeah. So well, I, I used to dream as a kid. I used to dream underwater. I mean, I used to breathe underwater when I was dreaming. Yeah, that's also, you can't do that. Right. That's the whole point is that dreams... I've never had a dream where it's something I couldn't do. Fascinating. Most of my dreams are just waking up, going to the refrigerator, getting a thing of milk, uh, getting some cereal, putting it in the bowl, eating it in real time, and then I wake up. And then, of course, I get up and go get a cereal bowl and put the cereal in and eat it. Sometimes I even know it's a dream while it's happening. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, this is not very exciting, but it's going to be over soon, and boy, it's making me hungry. Can I get back to my... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Field dream? Go ahead, yeah. Okay. So I'm floating in space, breathing, and eyes are open i'm not frozen or anything i'm alive and i turn from my point of view and there's this massive spaceship 
It looks like it's made out of titanium. I mean, I know that we won't be on that ship, you and I. Okay. Will not be on that generational ship, but our podcast will be, hmm. right? And so that was kind of what I was seeing is as the ship is going past me in space, I'm like, they're listening to our show, among other things they're doing, obviously. It's not... Oh, yeah. Like that. I mean, how long is that going to last? They're, each episode's like maybe an hour, so... Maybe they could get through the entire three seasons in a day, and then they've got the rest of their lives. Well, so it's kind see, of a drop this in is the part bucket. of it is that like the grandparents are introducing the show to the grandchildren. You know, uh-huh. like the parents are busy doing whatever they're doing on the ship, and then the grandparents are saying, you know, come here, let me tell you a little bit about the 1940s on planet Earth and mm. and the early 2000s and these like a people. time capsule within a time capsule, exactly. And I just want to say, I realized I wanted to leave a message. That dream was like, you have to, you have to talk to them directly. Not, not huh. the modern day audience, but just say one message to those who will be listening in the future. All right. Far, far in the future, long after we have. Yeah, we have time for that. Shuffled off these mortal coils. As okay. Yeah. Do you want to say just? Uh, you want to say that now? You got a message for them? I wrote it down. Okay. Okay. This uh, upcoming message is for future generations of humans. Hello. And get ready to listen to something from the past. Hello, my fellow humans. This is Lane. I'm thinking about you. And I just hope to convey humble gratitude for you continuing our species and for listening to Puppet Hunt. I have some listener feedback. Oh, great. This is from stankmail at hotmail.com. Okay. Lane is too close to the microphone and Matt is too far away. Very frustrating. Okay, listeners, when you send in emails, use full sentences. So if you say, very frustrating, exclamation point. Are you are you trying to say that's very frustrating to you, or it's frustrating to Lane, or mm. it, it's a frustrating idea? So if you say like this is very frustrating to me, but as a listener, right? Then we know what you're talking about. But yeah. a lot of times we'll get stuff like no more episodes, and there's no punctuation, so we don't know if they're saying don't put out anymore or where are they. So uh, please, full sentences. Check your grammar, check your spelling, and then hit send. How about we just say, uh, stank mail, I hear you. Mm-hmm. you. It sounds very frustrating. Yeah. All right. Got Good. it. Yeah. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, the mysterious Mr. Love, part one. Entry 1. It's 9 a.m. and I'm alone in my office. Enjoying my breakfast for a change. Peace and quiet. Been a while since I've had either. Seems like I always had a partner blabbing about this or that. During the war, I was with Brodsky. On the force, it was Pepperton. And then when I started the agency, there was Jerry. Until uh, the office door still says Handy and Blatz. I've been meaning to get the sign painter out here to update it, now that Salmon is working with me. If I ran a solo operation, I'd have quiet all the time. Hmm. Rock Handy PPI. I like the sound of that. Short and s- uh, short and sweet, private puppet investigations. Phone speaking. Hello, Rocky. Uh, I'll have to call you back. Beatrice Carver. Large Neck's premier dummy maker. Best in the business. 
She chiseled out the grates. Corky cummerbund, Buster Big Pants, and of course her masterpiece, Sally Fifth. B knows her way around a blank of hardwood, and it doesn't hurt that she's a dead ringer for Veronica Lake. Today she's carrying her backup dummy, Gussie. Dressed to the nines and smoking one of those cigarettes on a long stick. Gussie and I never got along. Uh, B, that's a different story. We almost got hitched a few years back. Thing is, as I drink her in again after all these years, I can't for the life of me remember what drove us apart. You haven't changed a bit, Rocky. You look fine in that suit. Double-breasted, huh? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm a legitimate businessman now, B. Gotta look good for my clients. You look swell. Why? He needs a shave. Shave? Ah, shows you what you know, Gussie. I've already shaved twice this morning. <laughs> you can almost hear the whiskers growing back. <laughs> whiskers, huh? You know, it sure is good to see you again, B, but... If this is about you carving me a new dummy to replace Jerry, no, I gotta oh, tell you that's No, no, not... no, that's that's not why I'm here. Uh, good, because I don't do that no more. I got a new partner now. Flesh and blood this time. Yes, I heard. I'm, I'm happy for you, Rocky. Really, I am. You, you see, I... I need your help, Rocky. It, it's Sally. I've, I've looked everywhere, and... <laughs> Sally Fit has gone missing. <laughs> uh, uh, c- come in, come in and sit down. Uh, uh, we'll sort this out. Uh, uh, can I get you something? Um, coffee, kielbasa, coffee. I um, I could use a cup of coffee. Thanks. Oh, sure. Now tell me. Nothing what's... for me, thanks. Okay. Now, tell me what happened, B. Uh, I was I was out last night, and um, when I returned home, something just seemed wrong. I thought to check on Sally, and when I when I opened her case, she was gone. It's. It's like she just disappeared into thin air, like like magic. Tell him about the photograph, B. Oh, oh, it it's nothing. It's just that a framed photograph also went missing that night, and uh, I mean, I may have misplaced it. Photograph, huh? Could be related. A photograph of what? Well, if you must know, it it was an old picture of you. Rocky. Of me? Oh, I see. Uh, was it on your nightstand? I I gotta tell you, Rocky, I'm I'm scared, and, and you know me. I, I don't scare easily. All right, all right. Uh, write this down, Nick's List of clues. Cherished photograph. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Just a moment, just a moment. My partner is running late. He, he usually handles the note-taking. Uh, let me grab a pen. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Picture of yours truly stolen. Oh, and the dummy. Also stolen. Vanished into thin air. All right. Uh, where were you last night? I was, I went to see a show, if you must know. A show, you say. But a show. Show, sure, show. Tell me more about this show. Uh, wait, was it, was it Freddy, Fizzler, and Bafo? Uh, they played the graveyard slot at the Shinola Lounge last night and killed from what I hear. <laughs> Funny coincidence. I was planning on going there myself. But last night, while I was up on my roof cleaning my gutters, I got my arm stuck in the drain pipe, and the shingle I was sitting on it wasn't, gave way all of it. Rocky, it wasn't the Shinola. It was a traveling show at a different venue. Um, 
an outdoor venue in Plutwa Park. A traveling show in unincorporated blister flats? Outdoor? Well, let's not be coy here, B. If I'm going to take this case, you got to come clean, see? I'm going to need more. I need specifics. I need names. All right. Let's see. Um, there were three opening acts. The Quist Harry Gams and Wee Willie. Okay, good old Harry. Ventriloquist act. Harry Gams and Wee Willie. Okay. Um, a plate spinner. Un, un guino or something or other from from back east and um, okay okay plate spinner unguino okay never heard of him and uh roddy drake the third okay roddy drake the third and he's a wait a second drake the magician a magician and a quiz together in one show on the same night but that violates the oscillation clause. Calm down, Rocky. I thought the same thing, but it turns out it doesn't apply in this case. You see, it's an outdoor venue. Techni- a magician and a quiz performing in the same show in the same night is definitely... The oscillation clause prohibits magicians and quiz from performing together as the same show was in the city of Large Neck. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what, Handy? Blister Flats is unincorporated outside of Large Neck City Limits. That is what they call a loophole. Oh, always quick to point out the loopholes, eh, Gussie? Okay, sure. It's technically legal, but it's bad form. Rock? Violating the oscillation clause is no small matter. Enough of these chivalries, B. Who was the headliner? Who... Still the same old Rocky. Always cool as ice until somebody mentions magic. Then you fly off the handle and spill your coffee all over the place. Thing is, a lady gets tired of going to the cleaners. Maybe I should wait in the car. Uh, I'm sorry, B. That, that magician, Drake, he really gets my... <sighs> dander up. I'll I'll get some club soda for that stain. Don't bother. Stains come with the territory. I should have learned my lesson years ago. <laughs> Never wear white around rock handy. Uh, don't be sore. The headliner's name is Simon Hieronymus Love. Goes by Mr. Love. His act is, well, you just gotta see it to believe it. I mean, take a look at this leaflet. Uh. Let's see. Simon Hieronym Mouse Love. Well, that's quite a mouthful. He a quist? A magician? Speed typist? What is he supposed to be doing here? Talking to a coffin? He does throw, but he's no quist. Love bills himself as a gastromancer and polyphonist. Neither ventriloquist nor magician. He's... He's somewhere in between. In between? Yes. Love claims that he can talk to the dead. Horse feathers. Those were my thoughts exactly. Well, that is before I saw his show. You know Agnes Gill. Yeah, sure. The waitress down at the bivalve. Well, she asked to speak to her dead grandmother, and the voice that came back was unearthly. Yeah, so this love is an impressionist, too. Big deal. Ain't nothing supernatural or entertaining about that. Grifters like this boob are a dime a dozen. I don't know, maybe. But I knew Agnes's grandmother, Rocky. I would swear that what I heard was her voice. Oh, it's a put-on, B. Rock, I had to drive Agnes home. She was in hysterics by the end. I mean, I was pretty shaken up myself. Anyway, when I finally got back home, Sally was... I didn't want... I wouldn't have come to you unless I really, really needed help. If anyone can find Sally, it's you. Uh, $60 a day plus expenses. Uh, My partner and I will come by later this morning and look over the scene of the crime. Uh, What's your address these days? 
Same address you always visited. 800 Tarpon Lane. Still up that hill? Uh, I, I remember those summer nights. You used to have such a nice... What'd you call that thing you used to sit on? My veranda. Mm, yeah, that's it. Veranda. What do you know? Same place after all these years. All these years. Morning, Rock. Uh, I think I figured out a way to reorganize. A oh, oh, you're a lady. Uh, that is a uh, uh, hello, uh, ma'am. Uh, uh, I mean, miss. Uh, uh, well, uh, hello and a uh, uh, good morning, rather. I see. I let me guess, Jerry Junior. <laughs> oh, uh, Wrong again, Gussie. We, we, we should be going. Find her for me, Rocky. Please. I'm counting on you. Yeah, sure. Uh, Ma'am, good day. All right. Uh, uh, gee, Rock, what I miss? Uh, who's the knockout? Uh, new client? Uh, is she single? <laughs> Have a seat, Nix. Uh, and I'll fill you in. Uh, you know, on second thought, would you mind making a new pot of coffee? I seem to have done something wrong with this batch. Bitter. Leaves a leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Oh, yeah, sure, Rock. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited to start alphabetizing that T to Z drawer. Uh, believe it or not, the U's were in the same folder as the W's. Why? <laughs> oh, say, looks like you broke one of your nice mugs. Gee, what a mess. Yeah, well, there's more mugs where that one came from. Now that's a house. It feels like I'm on the east side. Well, it must be big money in the dummy carving business. Yeah, this place has been in the Carver family for generations. One of the oldest houses in Large Neck, and among the few that survived the slumping. Slumping, yeah. Say, uh, I was wondering, Rock, uh, you mentioned that you and Miss Carver are, uh, well, that you were uh, an item. Uh, are you and her still, I mean, you know. Like... What? No, no, that's ancient history. Water under the fence. But look, Nix, I'm begging you. Don't start handing out petunias and slobbering all over her, will you? Whoa, sure. It's just, I was wondering if... Uh... We got a job to do. And something about this case don't seem right. I'm going to need your eyes on the road and both hands on the wheel. Well, how's that? It's a metaphor. Uh, it's like that funny car you drive. You need to be firing on all eight cylinders, so... Keep your eyes and ears peeled for clues. Oh, well, in fact, uh, the Crossley has two cylinders, Rock. I mean, it's... Only two cylinders? Was it like that when you bought it? Yes, uh, it's sort of a point of pride that the Crossley can produce 13.5 horsepower on two cylinders and still maintains quite horsepower? the... Horsepower? Uh... That's not important. My point is that... That your car is weak, okay? And weak cars need all the help they can get. You need all your cylinders firing to get up a steep hill. That's what this case is, a oh. steep hill. Whoa, okay, okay, okay. Take it easy, Rock. I'm a professional. You know I can walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> all right, sleeping beauty, what gives? Huh? Every day this week, you show up for work with bags under your eyes. Oh, well, uh, I've been working late. Moonlighting, eh? Uh, who are you working for? Blonson? Acme? Well, not the Pinkertons. Oh, no, no, no. It's nothing like that, Rock. It's just a, a, a creative outlet. A creative what? Hold on a second. Is this about that choir you were yammering about last week? Darn it! I was gonna surprise you. Uh, although, to be precise, it's a barbershop quartet, not a choir. Uh, we call ourselves the Foreheads. 
<laughs> oh, still makes me chuckle. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, you get it? Uh, foreheads? Surprise me. Surprise me? Okay, number one, that's a terrible name for a singing group. You need something catchy like the Basin Street Boys, uh, the Buffalo Bobs, or the Boswell Bay Base. Boswell. Sure, but. uh, And B, and I can't stress this point enough, I hate everything to do with this kind of stuff. Well, now, Rock, I mean, to be. Suspenders and striped vests? Mustache wax? All that unnecessary harmonizing. Oh, it's downright unnatural. Well, gee, it's hard, hardly anything to get worked up about, Rock. I mean, we're just doing a little harmonizing. Barber shops are for cutting hair and shaving, not prancing around and humming in ridiculous costumes. With canes? Well, uh, actually, we only use canes in, in one of our numbers, but... It goes against everything I hold dear. I can't stop you, Nix. But for the love of all that's holy, don't bring any of this drivel into the office, or so help me! Yelling again, Rocky? It's nice to see some things never change. But, but he was... Good morning. You must be Rocky's new partner. I apologize if I was short with you yesterday. I was distraught. It's nice to meet you. I'm Beatrice Carver. Why, it's, it's no, gee, don't mention that's a miss, uh, it's such my, what's my name is, 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 is actually Nicolio Salmon, but you can call me short for sure. I, I mean, that's a Nix. I mean, short is short for sure. <laughs> yes, it's a pleasure, Mr. Short. Um, I couldn't help but overhear, uh, you're a singer? Oh, why, uh, yes, I am. Uh, oh, but I'm not short. I'm I'm salmon. Uh, that's a Nix salmon. And well, it, it's really just a hobby. I mean, I, I do dabble uh, at singing. That is, uh, it's nothing really. A four part harmony group, a barbershop quartet. If you are familiar, I mean, to be a little more precise about the singing. I'm, really? Oh yes, uh, strictly a cappella, of course. Just me and the boys. <laughs> yeah, uh, I used to sing baritone, as you can probably tell. <laughs> well, uh, uh, let me call you sweetheart. Merciful. Oh my, such a deep, resonant voice. That does sound delightful. Unlike Rocky here, I enjoy listening to good music. I'd love to hear you perform sometime. Well, I, I understand. I mean, it's not for every. Wait, uh, you, you, you would? Uh, really? Ouch! That's just swell. Uh, we, uh, well, we, we, we happen to be performing at the American Legion Hall downtown uh, tomorrow morning. In fact, uh, now, now, Nix, I'm sure B has better things to do with her time. Actually, <laughs> that sounds lovely. I'll be there. A little entertainment would take my mind off my current troubles. Oh, boy. Well, it's at 10 a.m. sharp. Uh, come by. Uh, enjoy the music. Uh, we'll have refreshments. And, uh, uh, well, gee, uh, uh, we put out punch. <laughs> okay. 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 Let's get down to business, shall we? Please be after you. Put out punch. Oh, I'm hungry. What's for dinner, Nix? Oh, is it that time already? I, I, I haven't had time to defrost the lamb, what with all this filing. Ah, don't worry, pal. We have bung. Bung? The wonderful pork and oyster loaf that's ready to eat right out of the can? Well, that's right, Nix. Genuine bung pork and oyster loaf is available at your grocer, now in a convenient can. The canning process seals in the freshness. Oh, but Rock, we don't keep a can opener here at the office. Take it easy, pal. We won't need one. Just simply twist to open using the key attached to every can. Oh, that sounds complicated. Why, on the contrary, it couldn't be more simple. Even a child could do it. Give it a twist, partner. Oh, 
Gosh, you're right. It opens with ease, and boy, oh boy, can I smell that freshness. Ah, slice genuine bung pork and oyster loaf and have it on toast or spoon it right from the can for a pleasing breakfast, lunch, or dinner. What about a late-night snack? Now you're getting it. Bung is also wonderful as part of casseroles, soups, and even desserts. Why, there are delicious recipes conveniently printed right inside the label. Mmm. Oh, boy. Delicious. The canning seals in the freshness. These puppet files will have to wait. They, They sure will. And remember, folks, bung, pork, and oyster loaf is now available in cans. Just look for the familiar blue dancing pig with an eye patch and a sailor's cap holding a pitchfork on the can with the bright pink label. Bung, canned, pork, and oyster loaf. It's genuine. What tastes fine and it's genuine? Canned. My partner and I searched the whole house but come up empty. No sign of forced entry, no tracks. And Sally's storage case appears untouched. No clues at all, nothing. And then, as I'm struggling to focus above Nix's babbling, I spot it. A single muddy boot on the ground by the back door. A man's boot. Well, all the while my grandmother played the accordion. My whole family was a very musical uh, one growing up. It's in my blood, I suppose. Uh, my father used to sing in the church choir back in Omaha. He sang bass, though. I've never been able to sing. All bass. right. Uh, that is all right. Uh, I think I might have a few leads. Uh, say, what's the story with that boot, Beatrice? What? Oh, oh, that? It belongs to the handyman I hired to work on my yard. Handyman, you say, huh? Write that down, Butternut. Well, sure, but uh, why would he only leave one boot behind? Ah, who knows? Maybe he was in a hurry. Um, but he... Well, maybe it's a spare. I don't know. Just write it down. We'll go over the notes back at the office. Watch your step. We'll get back to you soon, B. Don't worry. Uh, we've got a lot to go on. We'll find her. We'll find her. Well, that turned up nothing. Of course, it was hard to concentrate with all the babbling about four-part harmony and straw hats. Uh, say, Rock, uh, if you're still holding a torch for Beatrice, uh, just say the word and I- I'll understand. I mean, get up. What are you doing now? Stop rolling around on the ground. You're getting all muddy, Nix. Are you okay? Oh, I should have warned you about the ground back here. Oh, those gophers. Gophers? I must have tripped on something in the grass. Oh, what in the world? A doll? Say, what do you make of this? Did you find something, Mr. Salmon? Yes, a, a small wax doll. Any longer out here in the sun, it might have melted away to nothing. What, a child's toy, perhaps? That's strange. I I don't know of any children around here. Funny, it it looks like, but no, it, it can't be. It looks just like Sally Fifth. Sally, let me see that. Ah, you're right, it's the spitting image of your missing dummy, even down to the pigtails and freckles. Looks like somebody drew stars all over it, too. Pentagrams. Pinta what? Uh, the... Five-pointed star or pentagram is a symbol of magic, Rock. Magic? Yeah, the... Well, this doll could be related to your dummy's disappearance. But why is it here? I mean, what does it mean? I'm not sure yet, B. But trust me, I will find her. We. What? We? We what? Mm, We will find her. We. Sure, that's what I just said. Uh, Let's go, Butternut. We don't want to be around if these gophers decide to come back. Pleasure meeting you, Miss Carver. Uh, 
say, uh, what is it, Rock? Could this doll have something to do with Sally's disappearance? I have no idea. But I do know a certain prissy prestidigitator who just might. Roddy Drake the Third. Drake lives out in the boondocks, in a carnival wagon, no less. I always thought of him as an Eastnecker, what with his fancy talking and dress. Well, get used to it, Butternut. Everything about this guy is phony. Well, he's got money, all right. He just wants to seem mysterious-like. Drake! Open up! Where's the dummy? Where's the dummy? Good evening, detectives. I hesitate to acknowledge your ridiculous query, sir, but am I to take it that you wish me to choose which of you is the more slow-witted? If that is the case, I must ask that you grant me more time to consider. Write that down, Butternut. I'm pretty sure he just confessed. Uh, Good evening, Mr. Drake. We're sorry to bother you, but we're on a missing puppets case. We uh, came across a certain item that... Well, what do you make of this small wax figure? Rock and I thought it might be magic-related. Where did you find this? So Right where you dropped it, you half-priced Houdini. Sir, if you could You just... ain't fooling nobody, you know. You come to the door acting all surprised. Who answers the door in a top hat anyway? Confess! Maybe they'll go easy on you. I can assure you the only thing that I'm guilty of is wasting my valuable time trading insults with a monosyllabic moron. Monos? Is that an insult? Oh, come on, Rock. You know, Miss Carver's counting on us to find Sally. He started it. Well, Mr. Drake, please. Uh, any insight into this wax doll would really help us out. We know you were at the show last night with Simon Love. Might he have something to do with this? Love? He is no more than a modern-day Montebank. That entertainer, so-called, is not to be trusted. I knew it. I may be able to assist your case, Mr. Salmon. If you promise to muzzle your associate, we may attempt to discuss this matter. I have no desire to join your detective club, but we may share a common purpose. Why, you... Sure, sure. Uh, We can discuss this like uh, reasonable adults. Then I shall speak the very words I swore would never leave my lips. Mr. Handy, please come in. I will pour us some brandy. May I take your cloaks, gentlemen? We, uh... Oh, how silly of me. I forget that men of your social class prefer to dress for comfort. Yeah, that's right, Dracula. I forgot my cape back in my coffin. I see. Please sit so that we may conclude this unpleasantness as rapidly as possible. Uh, Gee, this sure is a nice sofa. Is it an antique? I see you have an eye for finery, Mr. Salmon. As a matter of fact, that is a fainting couch that once belonged to the Duchess of Luxembourg. Luxembourg? No thanks. How about I sit right here? Oh, what's the matter? Did I take your favorite chair? Well, too bad. Score the first point for Rock Handy. I'm happy to see that someone at least is keeping score. Your aperitif, gentlemen? You're a petit. Why, what I think what Rock means to say is a thank you for the booze, Uh, so, what's the story with this wax doll? This doll, as you call it, appears to be a particular sort of ritualistic figure. A puppet. Puppet? (laughs) Can't even get that right. A puppet. It's an archaic word from which the word puppet is derived. A primitive magic ceremony would have incorporated this miniature as a stand-in for a real person, or, in this case, a ventriloquist's dummy. Oh, like a voodoo doll. Indeed. 
Whomever created this wax replica is practicing a primitive superstitious type of magic. Ridiculous nonsense, of course. Real magic is about illusion and... Trickery. Precisely. Ha! So you admit it. My illusions rely on skill, not incantations. Magic, real magic, is the art of misdirection and sleight of hand. The creator of this effigy is no magician. And neither is Mr. Love. I see. So Love is not a magician. He throws his voice in his show. Does that make him a quist? Love fancies himself a practitioner of the ancient art of gastromancy. That is true. But he uses his skills falsely. Well, how is that? His ignorant and weak-minded followers are amazed by the apparent voices of their dead relatives and loved ones. But it is he who's pulling the strings. Indeed. A simple parlor trick. Mr. Love is not interested in skill or entertainment, only deception and profit. He is the worst sort of charlatan. It's your typical confidence game, a flim-flam. The man merely endeavors to hawk his own particular brand of snake oil. Once the rube shows interest, he invites them back for a private conversation with their deceased loved one. For a substantial fee, of course. A real quest uses a dummy and doesn't claim to speak with ghosts and goblins. Funny, I figured you and Love were best pals, Drake. You were opening for his show last night, after all. I am far from anyone's best pal, I assure you. My appearance last night was merely to... Um, how can I translate this into your vernacular? Oh yes, check out the competition. Hmm, a likely story. I'm afraid it only confirmed my worst fears. Mr. Love has elected to ignore the age-old agreement and legally binding contract, I might add, between magicians and quests. The Oscillation Clause. Precisely. The necessary separation of magician and ventriloquist. As you know, in and around the great city of Large Neck, we two societies have maintained an uneasy coexistence for more than 50 years now. Fascinating. Mr. Love's aberrant brand of entertainment threatens to tear us all apart by refusing to choose an allegiance. Sitting on the proverbial fence, as it were. Magicians and ventriloquists performing together on the same stage, on the same night. It's downright unnatural, I tell you. Sure, unnatural. That's the only thing I've heard you say so far that I agree with. Hmm. Well, if you ain't guilty of this, then Love just moved up the list of probable suspects. Oh, how's that, Rock? Well, this Juju doll. It fits right in with his whole bugga-bugga act. All the clues point to Mr. Love pinching Sally, but we still need proof. I'm thinking we pay this creep a visit. Where is he holed up anyway? His troop has taken up residence in a part of the Plotwa Basin that is traditionally associated with vagrants and transients. He took a what now? Well, I think he's talking about that hobo camp off Old Sturgeon Highway. All right, then. We'd better get going, Nix. I'm going to need my sleep if we're going to get over there bright and early tomorrow morning. Uh, yes, well, about that, I... I don't think, uh, well, you see, I'm supposed to be at the Legion Hall for the show tomorrow. Uh, maybe if I sing fast, I could make it back oh, in time no. to get the... I can handle Mr. Love by myself. Oh, great. Uh, it would, uh, it's going to be a pretty big crowd tomorrow. I, I've been getting the word out all over town. Say, that reminds me, uh, you're invited too, Mr. Drake. Here's a flyer. What's this? Finally caught the ventriloquist bug, eh? It's very contagious, I hear, much like tuberculosis. Let's see. <clears throat> Celebrate Arbor Day in style. Enjoy the unique song stylings of the foreheads. Oh dear, this is much worse. A barber shop quartet. Yes, it should be a wonderful time. We're going to serve refreshments. Please, Mr. Salmon. Keep your leaflet. I shall attempt to say this in the most polite way possible. 
This manner of entertainment, these antiquated barbers with vests and handlebar moustaches, I must say, I find it to be a mockery of all things decent. All of it. Why, it's just a... The singing, the theatrics, the accoutrement. It's a vile aberration. I would sooner watch a ventriloquist act than even consider attending this spectacle. I tried to tell him. Good day, gentlemen. Please keep me informed of your investigations into Mr. Love, Reginald. The sooner that he is out of business, the better for all of us. File aberration. Why, that fancy pants know-it-all. What a piece of work. Can you believe that guy? Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. You don't seem that bad after all. The next morning, I arrive at Plutwa Park, a lush belt of greenery that extends all the way from downtown Largeneck to just outside the city limits. As I make my way down the path, who should I see running toward me but that industrious little orphan, Buddy Bozeman. doing way out here. How about a shoe shine? Uh, no thanks, buddy. Say, you on a nature hike or something? Oh, no, Mr. Handy. I ain't got time for that. Mr. Hike Tracker down at the cannery, he hired me to carry these cases of sardines all the way out here for a show tonight. Sardines? Oh, yes, sir. I get a whole nickel for every case I deliver. It's six miles straight up Highway 36, he says. Yes, sir, I says. Uh-huh. I- I'm going to make a whole day of it and try for 20 cents. Golly, I bet if I had a wheelbarrow, I could make maybe two bits. Sure, sure, that's great, buddy. Oh, you bet it is, Mr. Handy. But gee, for such a small fish, you wouldn't think they could be so heavy. A fish, yeah, sure. It all adds up, I guess. Uh, You know, I was just thinking, I'm lucky I ain't got no shoes, because I'd wear out the soles with all this walking. Yeah, that's great, buddy. Uh, listen, I'm looking for a man who calls himself Mr. Love. Word is he's camped around here somewhere. Any idea where I might find him? Mr. Love? Oh, that sure's a funny name. I used to know a newsie called himself Vinny Lavero. What sold matches down on Carp Street? Ah, but he got run over by a trolley. This guy, Love, did he rob a bank or something? Uh, oh, no, nothing like that. Uh, he's a sort of performer. I just need to ask him a few questions is all. Well, I tell you what, Mr. Handy, if you follow this path right here, it comes out to a little clearing with lots of tents and a stage. Uh, That's where I'm delivering all these fish. Stage? Yeah, there's a fellow what calls himself Anzo. I think he must be a lumberjack or a pirate or some such. Lumberjack? Oh, yes, sir. He's about eight feet tall. He's got a wooden leg. And here's the strangest part. He's unshaven. Beard? Oh, yes, sir. He looks just like Paul Bunyan, and I think he's in charge or something, because he's signing my delivery invoices with a big X. He might know where this Mr. Love is. Thanks, buddy. Oh, sure thing, Mr. Handy. Well, I gotta get going. These cases ain't gonna deliver themselves. Plus, Mr. Huntwacker promised me a free sardine if I get back in 30 minutes. Can you believe it? Oh, that sounds just swell. Uh, you know what? You got change for a nickel? Oh, oh, oh sure I do, yeah. Okay, well, thanks, sir. Uh, and here's something for your trouble. Oh, two cents, gosh! It was no trouble at all. Oh, gee, thanks, Mr. Handy. Hey, uh, and see if you around, buddy. Hey, when I come back, if you're still here when I come back, remember that shoe shine. Now, I got your color, but I don't have all the colors because, you see, I had to leave some of them back in the town because I figured if I would be running back and forth all this time, I'd wear myself out. As soon as I enter the clearing, I run across the man Buddy was talking about. This real-life John Bunsen is walking with a pronounced limp. Strangely, his shoeless right foot is carved of wood. I nod a friendly greeting, and he responds by making a face what looks like he's seeing a ghost. Uh, hey there, fella. Uh, I'm looking for Mr. Love. Uh, know where I can find him? No, it can't be. You're dead. No! No! Hey, hey! I'm not dead. Come back! 
slow down, will you? I just want to ask you some questions. Ow. Ah. Oh. Ow. Oh. Oh, you branches. Okay. Okay. Which way did you go? And, and more importantly, which way did I come from? Hey, hey, fella. At least point me back to my car. Oh, lousy plants. What? All right. All right. Who's there? Show yourself. Bunions, is that you? All right. Calm down, Rock. It's just some kind of small animal in the brush. Probably just a rabbit or a gopher. Gaspita. I hear a voice behind me and quickly turn to find a beautiful young woman just a few yards away watching me. A raven-haired beauty holding a water jug like something out of Roman myth. Her eyes, they're, they're like crystal blue pools of water and I feel like I'm drowning in them. A fuzzy weariness washes over me and I, I begin to wonder if I'm dreaming before she speaks suddenly. You are lost. I... I'm lost. I'm looking for someone. Simon Love. Follow me, Mr. Handy. These woods can be dangerous. Even for someone as formidable as yourself. Sure. Follow you. That's a great idea. It's lucky I found you. You, you know, I'm so so sleepy I could take a nap right... Wait, wait. How do you know my name? There's something screwy going on here. Who are you, anyway? I am Carmen Corvino. My father and I work for Mr. Love. Oh, your, your father, huh? He wouldn't happen to be a big, bearded, one-legged lumberjack by any chance. He sure frightens easily enough. I don't know what business you have with my employer. But you will find Mr. Love a decent and kind man. I, I need to talk to him concerning uh, an urgent matter. These humble tents are where our little troop rests between shows. That path will lead you back to the main road. I will let Mr. Love know that you wish to speak with him. Carmen sets down her water pitcher and gracefully disappears into what must be Love's tent. Ugh, my head. Somebody must have slipped me a mickey. I can't tell if my fuzzy brain is from getting lost in the woods or getting lost in Carmen's blue eyes. She's a knockout for sure, but I, I feel like I just went ten rounds with Joe Lewis. Mr. Love will see you now. Uh, sure. Uh. Oh, get a hold of yourself, Handy. Jerry? But, but it, it can't be. You're dead. A strange wax voodoo doll. Rock's puppet partner returning from beyond the grave. A barbershop quartet. Can the detectives unravel this tangled web of horrifying clues? Tune in to find out in our next action-packed episode of Puppet Hunt, The Mysterious Mr. Love, Part 2. All right. Well, that was episode one of uh, The Mysterious Mr. Love. That might be their best. Another ghost, though. I was... I was aware of that. I'm like, okay, they're kind of cycling back, circling back to the ghost yeah, business. Like, maybe there's just a certain amount of, like, at the time, ghosts were a good... Mm, you got an audience. Got asses uh, in seats. I think we're, we're considered a clean podcast. I Ooh, think you have to, is that not a... Yeah, I think you have to say bottoms. Well, that's... You, what would you call a donkey? Well, we know you're not talking about... Ah... Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Beasts of burden. That would be a negative thing. Uh, so at the beginning, okay. Rock confides in the recording, I guess. Ah. It's kind of confusing because yeah. he's he's talking to himself. He's talking right. to the recording. He answers the phone. Yep. I was writing down all the different red potential red herrings. Okay. So you've got gophers. 
Ah. Wax dolls. Okay. Barbershop quartets. Uh-huh. There's, I mean, it's it's a cornucopia of red herrings. Mm-hmm. A horn of plenty. A basket of fish, as it were. I have a question about saying that Bee Carver, she really knows how to carve hardwood, but I thought the puppets were carved out of softwood, like basswood or balsa oh, or something Oh, no, that, like that wouldn't, that wouldn't, uh, well, it would float. I was going to say it wouldn't float, but it would float, literally, but not figuratively. See, the softwood is softwood because it's very, uh, it dents easily. So if you're going to make a table out of softwood, you're going to end up, it's going to get scuffed and marked up, but you use a hardwood, the tight grain can be literally hard, but some of them are soft, like a poplar, for instance, has a tight grain, but it's kind of soft. Whereas compared to a, like a mahogany, which is a very tight grain, but it's super hard. I see. So hard and soft in this case is not necessarily related to malleability. Yeah. Like fir and pine, that's softwood. Hmm. I've never asked yeah. this before, but have you carved wood? Well, I mean, who hasn't? Not me. You didn't have a whittling knife when you were a young buck? I used things to pretend that I was whittling, ah. but it wasn't an official whittling knife. Where oh, did God. you get that? I was given it uh, as a uh, coming-of-age gift from my grandfather when I was, was it 10. Okay. Yeah, when you're officially uh, a young man in my family. They'd give okay, every it's a child rite of passage. A, yeah, they'd give you a knife. Because there's a lot of whittling going on. Were you being watched while you were whittling or were you doing it what? solo? I don't know how this ritual works. I'm just concerned. Like they give you the whittling knife and oh, they're like, whittle, now you are going to do whittle, this under supervision? Right. No, they wouldn't. Uh, you'd go out there, you'd whittle, you'd play mumbly peg, you'd cut uh, cut down trees with your pocket knife if you wanted to. Are you Buddy Bozeman? Or what era no, did you no, grow no. up in? Well, there's a lot of unsupervised time. Where the parents would be, you know, they'd be inside watching TV or asleep from drinking. And they would just say, no know, whittle. Don't, yeah, don't bother me. I'm, I can't deal with it. You know, I've had enough. Mm. And then you go out and you wander, wander in the forest until okay. you find something to do. And you would find like a cypress knee and you'd just start yeah, you'd whittling start whittling on it? away. Okay. See what comes out of it. it it's, huh. you know, as they always say, the... Uh, the form is in there already. You just need to bring it out. Wow, that's poignant. Okay. Is that the right word? I don't know. Profound. Uh, that's profound. What I'm thinking of. Prescient. Profound. Something no. that starts with the letter P. Pop. Yeah. No. Plurality? That could be. Okay. Uh, so Gussie is a German puppet yeah. who is taking the place of her regular one that has been stolen. The other Let's one seems very down. popular. Speaking of P words. Yeah. Rocked in like Gussie. And B. Carver, B. Carver was almost Rock's wife, it sounded they, like. Like they yeah. got really close to tying they the knot. hinted at that. Yeah, there was a hint that wearing white. Yeah, and no wonder this is such a, a profound episode. Rock's dealing with one of the many loves of his life, but this ah. one was almost the real one. So he's probably distracted. Yeah, the whole, the whole idea is very prescient. Um, so did you find the commercial... Interesting, because I had, I think I've heard of that product before, Bung, and it comes in that can. Have you ever used those cans where I know. you take the key and yeah, you Yeah, I it? have used those. I find that very pleasing for some reason, the yeah. idea that this food has been sanitized and now it's edible mm-hmm. and, and you have that process. There's something about unrolling that key across the, the piece of metal. Satisfying. Even if the, the smell, the initial smell is like unappetizing, yeah. you can kind of fry it up. And I right. mean, I'm no longer a meat eater, but I really enjoy the process of revealing like sardines. Or, yeah. I did not care for the eating sounds. So one boot, they found one boot. Right. And uh, they wrote it down, but I don't think that's going to be a clue. Another red herring. I think it's a definitely a red herring. Otherwise, they would have. He would have said, um, definitely, Nix, this is a clue. Because he just said, well, we better write this down. Huh. And it could have been this or that. but it's not Even though they, they have almost immediately encountered somebody who's a one-legged person. He has a wooden leg. And then... Oh, I never... I didn't realize didn't connect that. connect those so two? The, Anzo? Anzo Bunsen? I don't know if they gave him a last name. I don't know where Rock got the Paul Bunyan variant um, from. So 
Roddy Drake sounded like a different voice actor to me. Did he sound like the same Roddy Drake as the... You know what I suspect? And this I may be off, but I think the person who voices Buddy Bozeman and the person who voices Roddy Drake may be the same person. Because I see some similarities in... And it's subtle. You might not pick it up. Hmm. I'm, I'm sort of into this kind of stuff. So huh. I might be picking up something you're not. Uh, more of a linguistic uh, aficionado. I have you ever been diagnosed as an aficionado? I have down. Rock is a rude guest. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And he goes into the wagon where yeah. Roddy Drake is. He's, he's immediately he's argumentative, very aggressive and argumentative, and yet they bond over this idea that magic and ventriloquism should never be yeah. on the same yeah they seem to stage be. at the same time. It's is there a problem between magicians and ventriloquists? I would imagine that's based on fact. Because I wouldn't I wouldn't think I they would just make it up. Right. They because want to draw from a deep well. They probably have similar clientele. Um, there's probably, you know, they have the magic castle uh, where magicians practice. There's probably something like that for ventriloquists in L.A. But it's secret, right? They're all Maybe secret. Maybe our, our listening audience isn't familiar with the magic castle. Have you been? Uh, I went once. Really? Yeah. Don't you have to be invited? I was invited. Well, by, by a well. Friend, yeah, and I, I saw Sean Bean. Okay. You know related who that is? to Orson Bean? I don't think they're related, no. Okay. No, he played uh, Boromir in the Lord of the Rings. Ring a bell? Illuminate us. Oh, well, he was just standing there talking, and I looked over. Hey, there's Sean Bean. And then I went about my business. Brush with fame. Yeah. And I saw some close-up magic, and there was a, a piano that you could... You tell it, hey, can you play the... I was asking all kind of television themes. Like, hey, can you play the theme to the Partridge family? Hey, can you play the Gilligan's Island theme? Oh, he's a pianist. Well, there's nobody there. It's supposed to be like a ghost piano, and it'll play itself, but you have you sit around this oh, piano really? bar. Yeah, it's spooky. It's a whole spooky theme in this episode. You would recommend the Magic Castle? Well, if you can get in, but, you know. I, you have to be I invited. had some connections. So did you walk around Hollywood just going, somebody invite me to the Magic Castle? How no, did no, you get no. your invitation? I can't directly address Ooh. how this happened but it okay. came about Freemason. that way it's a freemasonry thing I told you that. all right all right i'm zipping the lips well let me ask you this the oscillation clause do you think that was a real thing funny you should bring that up it's exactly the thing i was going to bring up next perfect the oscillation exposition that was obviously for nicks but really it's for the audience that this is the is world they live show? in show like the world's fair Exposition. Exposition is when oh, you, you I see what you're saying. Give out I got it. Explanation yeah, yeah. about the world that they live in. And so you're right. trying to invite the audience in. Right. But it seemed like something that's sort of a maybe something like that already existed. In nineteen forties culture. Yeah, where if you had a show you couldn't have these two perform like an animal act or something like that. No plate spinners on right. the same night as an yeah, animal like, act. Uh, I'm like a writer for a musician. They'd say, oh, I want in my dressing room green M&Ms and no magicians performing. Okay, we'll do that because you're Sean Bean. We'll sign that up. Hmm. You know, any big performer like that, a big actor or star that is very rarely seen. We're have getting that clout. off track again here, but Sean Bean was an uh, invisible piano player no, no, no. at the Magic you're, Castle? you're... you're conflating uh no sean bean is a famous actor that uh, is rarely seen and uh the person at the piano was not seen at all so that's the difference okay even more rare is a person you don't see at all so you didn't make the connection maybe sean bean was playing the piano i'm just saying maybe it's i'm stuck in the world of puppet hint where a uh, puppet hunt sorry it's a slip not, of the tongue it's not rehashed that whole kerfuffle slip of the tongue what kind of Freudian slip is that? Slip of the tongue? Yeah, slip That's of the tongue. Where a piano falls on you. All right, we're going to get back to this. Uh, Rock, Handy, and Roddy Drake are going to work together to solve this case. Is Apparently, that they're brought we're... together by their common hatred of um, barbershop quartets. Yeah, and I.E. Nick's poor guy. And they also don't want magic and. Yeah, they agreed that it should be separate, but even ventriloquism performed on the same night right it, to them it's unnatural it's biblical in a way because really the old testament is all about category confusion pork and oyster pork and oyster you're not supposed to have that 
very interesting connection. This mm. is one of our it's one of our best authentic episodes of the radio program. It's uh, one of our best talkback sure. portions. Um, I've I've lost track of what we were talking about. Is it Sean Bean? I have the quote mockery of all things decent. Yes, that was an expression that I was like, right. whoa! They that, just dropped the microphone on that one. Dropped the M bomb. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think there were performers who were essentially like? Yeah, they were probably very conservative, and they didn't. Uh, they, this is the way you do ventriloquism, and this is the way you do magic, and never the twain shall meet. Speaking of twain and category confusion, I'm going to go back to this idea that you can't wear a article of clothing that has one part from wool and another part is from cotton. You know, oh, you can't, wow. you can't mix. Did you know this? No. This is a command, thing. a commandment from God in the Old Testament. You are not to that. wear. Fabrics that have two different sources. Ah, well, everybody's in trouble now. I am surprised that so many people observe different dietary rules. Yeah, but not the. But wearing. not none of the clothing rules. Those those seem to have been like yeah. just brushed aside, and yeah. they're clearly if you take holy scripture seriously, right. which right. you know, depending on your faith, why is it okay to wear fifty fifty? True polyester. Where's right. that in the Bible? That Nowhere. one. I guess depending on your denomination, you have to make a, you know. An audible. You have to call an audible. Is that what it's called? I think so. So Nix is shamed by both men yeah. in this story. He's shamed for being in a barbershop quartet by Rock yeah. and by Roddy Drake. Right. They bond over that a little bit. Interesting. They seem to find some merit in each other. Interesting. It's a very common enemy. primitive response. Yeah. To so. finding a weak male. Yeah. It makes endears you to them a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I think Nix is obviously a very sympathetic character because he gets so tongue-tied around women and so you said lost. Sym- sympathetic. I thought you were saying pathetic. That's why I was shaking my head. But you're saying sympathetic. Well, I think it's implied that like pathos and pathology, they're all about being sick, right? What's the simp? Simple? Could be. Okay. Simply pathetic. All right. I, I'm kind of... I think that's covered everything I really yeah. wanted to... Mm-hmm. You've been listening to... Puppet Hunt, Hunt Radio with Madden Lane. Lane.